Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to one of our first solo episodes. My name is Claire. Myself and my co-host Janice will be switching off each week on who gets to pop in and talk one-on-one to you about something that we focus on with our breakup clients. So this week I am talking about my favorite thing, attachment styles. And it's my favorite thing because it's literally made so much sense to me. Once I learned about it, it really put a lot of my relationship experiences into perspective, especially one such circumstance that I will be going kind of deep dive into today. And I think the best way to go into this is to just start with the moment I realized or I guess in hindsight, realized, made me an anxiously attached person. Read the book Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. I highly suggest it. It does not read like a textbook. It is very engaging. You will thank me. Read the book. So a lot of the information that I have does come from this book. I recommend it to literally everyone I come in contact with. So (laughs) we're going to start this story kind of in the middle. The moment that I said these words, if you don't call me back and at least tell me what's going on in an hour, my next voicemail will be me breaking up with you. Yeah, it was not my proudest moment. Oh no, far from it. But in my defense, these were abnormal circumstances. My boyfriend had abruptly and silently, with no explanation, taken me back home from a dinner date. He ignored my frantic questions about what was wrong. And the only thing he really offered me in terms of words was asking if I'd be okay as I watched him go. And I was not okay. If you could imagine what seemed like a fine relationship literally ending in the middle of dinner and all your partner saying is, I need to go and taking you back home. So I was being very dramatic (laughs) because I felt like it was a very dramatic circumstance. And I hope you have no idea what it feels like for your partner to go from fine to gone in a second with no explanation. It really sucks. And this was how I learned that I have anxious attachment tendencies because Calling and leaving an ultimatum like that is very much an anxiously attached person modus operandi. 
So if you want to figure out your attachment style, you need to pay attention to two points of reference. So one, your comfort with intimacy and closeness or the degree to which you avoid intimacy. Two, your anxiety and preoccupation about your partner's love and attentiveness. Your attachment style is generally stable over time, yet it can change through awareness and also if you have negative experiences as an adult that really affect your trust in relationships. So, anxious attachment, what is it? If you crave intimacy and closeness but have a lot of insecurities about where the relationship is going, then you're probably anxious. You tend to have a lot of sensitivity to small fluctuations in your partner's moods and actions. And although your senses are often accurate, you take your partner's behaviors way too personally. As a result, you tend to act out and say things that you later regret. Say what? I would never. (laughs) Um... If the other person provides a lot of security and reassurance, however, you will be able to feel so much more relaxed like a normal, sane human being (laughs) because sometimes you can feel crazy when you're triggered, which is why before this point, I had no idea I was anxiously attached. I had never felt or acted this way because I'd never dated someone avoidant before. So... I had never been triggered. What does a trigger look like for anxiously avoided, avoidant folks? It looks like excessive attempts to reestablish contact. It looks like acting hostile, threatening to leave, manipulation, trying to make them jealous. Anything to bring their partner back towards them. Close that gap at any cost. And I got super triggered when my partner chose that moment to show that he was avoidantly attached. What is avoidant attachment, you might ask? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Avoidantly attached folks feel uncomfortable when things get too close and intimate. They value their independence and freedom more than the relationship. They don't tend to worry about their partner's feelings or commitment towards you. And number one is maintaining independence and self-sufficiency at any cost. You prefer autonomy to intimate relationships. Even though you're human, you do want to be close to others. But you tend to not open up to your partners and they often complain that you're emotionally distant. And you, meanwhile, are on high alert for any signs of control by your partner. As we saw earlier, anxiously attached people activate when triggered. Comparatively, avoidantly attached people shut down or deactivate when triggered. Here are some examples. Saying or thinking, I'm not ready to commit, but staying together nonetheless. Sometimes for years! Pining for an ex. This is the phantom ex syndrome that I'll be going more into later. Not saying I love you while implying that you do have feelings towards the other person. Gets very confusing for everyone involved. Pulling away when things are going well. 
For example, not calling for several days after an intimate date. Forming relationships with an impossible future. For example, with someone who is already married. Checking out mentally when your partner is talking to you. Keeping secrets or leaving things foggy to maintain your feeling of independence. Avoiding physical closeness. So, for example, not wanting to share the same bed, have sex, always walking several strides ahead of your partner, keeping that distance. And finally, believing in the one. So, as soon as your partner has one flaw, one reason that they might not be perfect for you, you start thinking they must not be the one, and it makes it really easy to detach. So, explanations out of the way, let's continue with the story. After several agonizing days of little communication, I picked up the phone and left the message. And I say little communication because, to be fair, he did text and say he needed space and that he'd explain at some yet-to-be-determined time. So that was not <laughs> that was not a lot of communication, though. It really wasn't what I needed as an anxiously attached person. I needed reassurance that closeness was still there. And this was closeness will be reestablished at some point during our lives, which was, it made me act cray cray. I had no idea that I could feel so out of control. Logically, I knew I should be giving him space, but as a triggered, anxiously attached person, I was following my programming to close the gap at any cost. I tell you this story to show you how unhealthy the anxious avoidant dynamic can be for everyone involved. I definitely see where I went wrong. The thing is, is each attachment style brings out the worst in each other. Yes, both ways. I was not the only victim here. The best case scenario, if you are anxiously attached like me, is to avoid the avoidance. The ultimate goal is to date a secure person. Secure people are the unicorns of the attached world. Attachment world. Ooh, world of attachment world. Um, (laughs) They are not afraid of intimacy and commitment. And they don't get triggered so easily like my anxious peeps. So avoid dating avoidance. And that means playing to your strengths and minimizing your weaknesses. I have two golden rules that I want you as an anxiously attached person in the dating pool looking for a partner Specifically, if you are looking for someone right now, I need you to do these things. And these tips are in the book attached. So you can always reference them there. And they do describe them a little differently, as you will see. I have my own way of saying this, but the theory is from there. So number one, stop playing the cool, easygoing girl. Mainstream media will tell you that in order to not scare away men, you have to be cool and easygoing and let him set the pace, you know, like text when he texts, let him ask for the next date. These are terrible pieces of advice for anxiously attached people because 
they attract avoidantly attached people. And yes, if you do these things, if you text first, if you ask him for the next date, if you start acting, quote, clingy, you're going to scare some people away. But guess what? They're going to be avoidant. You're going to scare away the people who will bring out the worst in you. And that, my friends, is a really good thing. Scare them away. Be yourself, fall out, and see who sticks around. Because those are the people that actually like you for who you are and not for the act that you're putting on. Because here's the thing. You can't play at being something that you are not forever. Eventually, you will crack. You will ask for the closeness and reassurance that you crave. You'll ask to know when you can see him next. You'll ask for a future commitment. And guess what? Mr. Avoidant ain't gonna give it to you. And he'll wonder where No Needs Nancy went because that was like his dream girl. She never asked for anything. He's gonna split. So be your full self up front and find someone who likes that the girl finally texted him to him first. It's not that crazy to ask. My second point is be a slut. Being a slut is the cure for the anxiously attached person's natural tendency to fall for someone fast. Now that I have your attention, hear me out. <laughs> Dating several people at once, when you're in the early stages and you're not cheating on someone, there is no expectation of exclusivity. There has not been a conversation about you being together. I'm just talking about meeting new people. Meet new people, plural. <laughs> because this is the key to giving yourself time to figure out if they are avoidant and if you should actually let yourself trust them. Because as an anxiously attached person, you fall hard and fast. And that can get you in trouble when you haven't figured out if that person has a secure attachment style. I'm guessing if you're like me, you pick a person, you like them, you focus entirely on that one person. And they may not deserve that yet. Because if you focus entirely on that one person, you fall for them way too soon before you know what their attachment style is, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. And part of what makes you so amazing as an anxiously attached person is that you do love hard and you do give. You give your all. And I don't want you to give to people who are not only not going to appreciate all that you're giving, but it's also going to scare the fuck out of them. I want you to be with someone who digs that kind of thing, who can reciprocate for both of you. So be a slut. And if you've never dated several people at once, it can feel like you're being a slut, which is why I call it being a slut. <laughs> And part of why I'm calling it being a slut is because I'd like to uh, minimize the negative connotations of that word. Because um, notice how there isn't really a masculine version of that. So weird. 
anyway, there's nothing morally wrong with casually meeting new people several at a time. And as an anxiously attached person, when you date several people at once, you don't have that single point of focus to fall hard and fast for. It's kind of like um, getting a plate of food put in front of you. And you're like, oh, this is great. And you like go to put your fork in the plate and someone swishes the plate. And you're like, oh, for this one, I need a spoon. Let me get my spoon. And then you go, you're like, okay, soup, I'm going to eat you with a spoon. And then someone switches it and they're like, oh, here's a steak. And you're like, okay, I got to get my steak knife now. And you're not able to fully dive into the meal and fully fall for someone when you have too many plates of food cycling in front of you. So This is how you can be objective and look at the plates of food from afar. And you're like, do I like the soup? Do I like the steak? Do I like the, I don't know what the first one was, salad. And you can look at it and you can keep cycling through. You're like, salad, soup, steak, salad, soup, steak. Okay. Um, And then the steak runs away. They're like, oh shit, like I'm actually not ready to date right now. And like, I'm not over my ex and like all of this. And you're like, cool. I didn't fall for you, so dodged a bullet there. And then you get to choose between the secure salad and the secure soup. So I hope that helps. Came up with that literally on the spot. So when a person proves that they can be trusted with closeness, which comes with time, and which comes with incremental increases in trust, You can then offer your exclusivity with the knowledge that your heart is in good hands. And so, I don't want to leave you hanging on this cliffhanger that I've got you on with my story. So I left the message. He waited one hour and two minutes and then called to tell me he waited exactly that long because he didn't negotiate with terrorists or something to that effect. Later that month, he finally shared why he did what he did. It was at that moment, he told me, at that moment at dinner, that he realized he was always going to be in love with his ex from eight years ago. This is that phantom ex syndrome I told you about earlier. And it's something that many avoidantly attached people suffer from. And here's why. The X is unattainable. So the avoidantly attached person is like, yay, space. Number two, prevents them from forming connections in the present. Yay, space. And three, it also gives them an object to love. Because despite their need for space, they're still human. They still need an object to love. They still, or not an object. Ooh, bad terms. You get what I mean, though. Not an object, a person. Ooh, okay. Um, they're just terrified of connection. They're just terrified of connection, but they still have love to give. So my conclusion is, is that good people can have attachment styles that in relation to each other, bring out their worst. So choose your partner slowly and wisely. Because 
I want you to be with someone who brings out your best, not your worst. I hope that helps. If you have any questions about attachment styles or recovering from breakup, I am on Instagram and I am not too cool to answer my DMs. I am in there offering support to anyone who needs it. And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope this brought you some clarity and some understanding, perhaps, to some past situations and also a new perspective for your future. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. Talk soon. Bye. And here's a preview of our next episode. You know, when you are processing and it is so much emotion and you are feeling like a victim, it's okay to be like, hey, I am a victim, especially when it's a terrible situation, mm-hmm. like what you came out of. That's okay. But you also have to accept, I may not be responsible for this happening, but I am responsible for recovering from it truth bomb that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) awesome i love that